Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the government acquisition world, this podcast is for you. We know you're probably overwhelmed with coronavirus news right now, but we thought it would be worthwhile to talk about how this kind of thing impacts the GovCon world. This is really general guidance. We don't spend a lot of time talking specifically about the news of the day. All right, let's get started. We're in the midst of what is now classified as a pandemic. As, as I'm sure you're aware, a strain of coronavirus that causes COVID-19 is rapidly spreading around the world. As a result, large gatherings of people are being discouraged or even banned. Uh, we've got universities and schools are going online, and many people are being required to work from home, or at least when possible. This will inevitably impact GovCon. Today, we're going to provide some basic guidance that is probably going to sound pretty familiar. This is the part of the episode where we usually thank somebody for being a listener. thought it was kind of awkward to insert that at this point, because <laughs> having somebody's name attached to the pandemic episode seemed kind of off color. So we're just going to skip that and, and kind of help you out with some general guidance here. We'll move right into the topic today. We're not going to try to describe the virus or give public health advice or even really talk specifically about this pandemic. We are not qualified to do that. <laughs> and the situation honestly is changing all the time. So any advice we give is not going to be good. Not today. even day-to-day guidance. Correct. Uh, overall, just don't panic. I mean, we've got to think through what does this mean in, in context of us? What does this mean for our contract performance? Yeah, it's it's hard to stick to rational thought in times like this, but that's really what's needed. I don't think anyone has ever said, wow, I, I wish I had panicked more in that situation. <laughs> it just, it doesn't, it's not helpful. What we're going to talk about today is how common contract clauses come into play in situations like this. We're going to leave out any discussion of or, or concern for the people involved, not because we don't care about people who are sick or dying or or even just inconvenienced by this crazy situation. It's it's because this is a contract podcast and we want to stick to contract kind of stuff. We are as concerned as everyone here. And giving our opinion on how it should be handled is not helpful to you. Right. What's helpful is talking about contracts here. Right. So really the topic is what happens if I can't perform due to this pandemic or some other illness that's spreading around the world. Your contract probably has a termination clause that gives the government the right to terminate the contract for failure to perform for any reason. How that termination plays out depends on what kind of work it is and and the, the contract type. We covered terminations for convenience and terminations for default in episode 152. So the nuts and bolts are in, in that, that episode. But here we have a lot of FAR references. So this is kind of FAR time heavy. If you have a fixed price contract, there's three clauses that apply here for, for termination for default. It's FAR 52249-8, 9, and 10. And that's for supplies and services, research and development contracts, and construction contracts, 8, 9, and 10. If you don't perform or can't perform your fixed price contract, the government can terminate the contract. If you have a supply and service or R&D contract, the clause tells you that the contract shall not be liable for any excess costs 
if the failure to perform the contract arises from causes beyond the control and without the fault or negligence of the contractor. Examples include... Actually include epidemics and quarantine restrictions. Right. And we talked about all the examples in episode 152, like you said. But specifically here, epidemics and quarantine restrictions. I think we actually joked in that episode about plagues of locusts and and stuff like that as, as... like these seems things, kind of that, now. things that are never going to happen. And, and, and in, here we, in, here in we are. In our defense, it was, it was 130 episodes ago. So, you know, yeah. you couldn't have foreseen this coming, right? <laughs> so this clause does not prevent the government from terminating your contract. If your fixed price supplies or services or your research and development is no longer required, if you can't perform, they can terminate. It just shields you from being liable for costs related to the fact that your contract is terminated. Construction is a little different. So 52.249-10 is the construction termination for default clause. And it straight out says the contractor's right to proceed shall not be terminated, nor the contractor charged with damages if the delay in completing the work arises from the same types of causes, but specifically epidemics and quarantine restrictions are in here. So fixed price contracts, supplies and services in R&D, they can terminate you. Construction contracts, fixed price construction contracts can't be terminated because of these things. Will they be restructured? Yes, probably. All of these delays mean that there's contract mods to come to restructure what the new terms are. When do things need to be delivered? Cost type contracts have their own clause. This is 52249-6. That clause gives the government the right to terminate for default unless it's due to excusable delays. And that excusable delays thing isn't applicable to fixed price contracts. If there are excusable delays, then the government can still terminate, but it's a termination for convenience. And if you remember from episode 152, termination for convenience, T for C, means that you can recover the costs that you have incurred up until the termination. Termination for default means you don't get any of those costs. You're done. And termination for convenience also says that you can get reimbursed for the costs, for your costs that you incur while closing out the contract. You send a government a bill that says, okay, here's all the costs that I had that I incurred because you terminated my contract. Right. That, that can be a big deal all by itself. Whereas T for D, they shut off the spigot and you're on your own. There's a clause, a specific clause that, that goes into contracts, cost type contracts. It's called excusable delays. And we covered that again in episode 152. This clause applies to supplies, services, construction, R&D, whenever you have a cost reimbursement contract. It's also for time of materials or labor hour contracts. The clause says the contractor shall not be in default because of any failure to perform this contract under its terms if the failure arises from causes beyond the control and without the fault or negligence of the contractor. And again, examples include epidemics and quarantine restrictions. Now, the nuance there is you can still be terminated for default if you do a bunch of stupid things in response to the epidemic or quarantine restrictions, right? It says without the fault or negligence of the contractor. But if you do everything that you could do, they can't terminate you for default. 
And it's a judgment call because it said the contracting officer shall ascertain the facts and extent of the failure, which is to your, that that's the, the legalese version of what you said. Right. Is that the, the government's going to make a judgment on, okay, you, you don't get a pass on everything. But yes, in this case, this is an important clause to know about if you have a cost type contract. In this kind of situation, you probably get the benefit of the doubt that this, is, this is bad and it's going to have impacts. There may even be like a class decision of, okay, all of our contracts, here's the decision. Just right. because they're, they're not going to have time to, to deal with everyone individually if they have you know, 10 or 15 contracts that they're managing all at the same time that this, is, this clause is going to apply to. I want to stress here that all we're talking about is whether you get terminated for default or convenience. If because of this epidemic, this pandemic, your services are no longer required, they can terminate you and you really don't have any recourse. And that's a termination for convenience. And like we've said a couple of times, maybe even in this episode, they can always do that. The government can always terminate for convenience. Right. And so, for example, let's, let's say that they need to take money from a, a pet project that's currently funded and put it on a, a defending themselves against the pandemic. They may terminate your contract to free up those funds. Exactly. And that's, that's, and that's as simple as it could be. Yeah. A lot of people get confused about excusable delays because it sounds like, hey, there's a problem. It's excused. And that means that we're going to change our contract. No, no, no. Excusable delays really only says you're not terminated for default. You're terminated for convenience. You're still terminated. Changes yeah. in the contract, unilateral or mutually negotiated changes are covered by other clauses. And there's going to be a lot of that going on because of this coronavirus thing. And that's a critical point because just delivering late is could be a no cost time extension. It could right. be a lot of other things that don't apply to this contract. And even though the 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 behavior was the the delay was excusable, the excusable delays clause doesn't actually apply. So that, that's I'm glad you pointed that out. In every episode, we try to point out when during the acquisition process what we're talking about comes into play, where it impacts it, acquisition time zones and execution time zones. What we're talking about today, it really will impact. Everything, schedules for everything, source selections, building requirements, kicking off contracts, closing out contracts, everything's going to be impacted. But we're focusing on the performance zone where contract performance is happening and the impacts to ongoing contracts. One thing to consider is that managing the ongoing contracts, all these modifications that you mentioned a few minutes ago, those are probably the same people who would be moving the source selections and, and the, the RFPs and all the things that happen on the acquisition time zones. So the resources right now are probably going to be thrown more on the performance side. And as a result, the acquisitions are probably going to start slipping. Yep. So I, I would I would see RFPs slow down in the next, maybe not yet, but you're going to feel it in yeah. the next couple of Ex months. Except for RFPs for work, for <laughs> pandemic response and recovery things, right? They are not going to take time to do source selections there. There's going to be a lot of unusual, compelling urgency type things going on. Correct. And, and th that workload wasn't in the pipeline. Right. So it's taken the place of work that was. So yep. a lot of the, 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 for the acquisition forecasts are going to change. Yeah. Let's get specific government and industry impacts and, and why they care. Government folks, biggest picture... This is going to cause mission impacts. Whatever government organization or agency you work for, your mission, what you're trying to accomplish for the country is going to be impacted. So that's big picture. 
what does it mean to you, the, the government employee trying to get your job done? You might not be able to work in your office. And that could make it harder to get your job done. You, you may not be able to travel to either do your job or to be there for a contractor to support you doing their job. So there's a rippling impact to this. Yeah. So while it's more difficult to do your job, your contract administration workload is also going to be increased, like we talked about. There's going to be a lot of changes to contracts, especially those that have specific delivery schedules. Wait, every contract has a delivery schedule. What am I saying? Um, <laughs> well, has, has something that's being either a product or a service that's being delivered as opposed to a software that's already bought, that kind of thing. And we talked about the, the impact of this in the uh, government shutdown episodes, which was uh, 134 and 223 where we talked about all the changes that need to be made in preparation for and recovery from a government shutdown are all administrative contract functions that aren't really value added to the customer, right? So a lot of people don't realize how much work it is to negotiate a, you know, a three-month extension to a contract, et cetera, because the customer's not benefited from that. Well, imagine doing that at scale right now. Yeah, you're not going to have to imagine it. It's yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's going to be real. So either either it's harder to do the work you need to, to to do now, or very soon when things start to get sort of back to normal, there's going to be a lot more work to do. At a minimum, government employees are going to get a lot of questions about how does this impact my contract? What do I do? Can I show up at work? What should I do here? What if I deliver late? What if I can't deliver at all? But if the building's closed when I show up with the thing I'm supposed to deliver, right? Well, and and they're they're again, I'll put on my contracting officer hat. I'm going to be looking for what what one decision can I make that's going to impact the most of my contracts. So there might be a scenario under which if, if all my contracts are service contracts, I want to make one decision that I comply to all of them, right? So that's what's going on right now from the government side. Is you're looking for because I can't I can't make individual decisions across every single contract because almost every contracting officer's got more than one contract. So if you make an individual decision on every one, you, you can't scale yourself when they all are delayed. This this isn't like end of fiscal year when, okay, well, this one's expiring. Okay, yeah. okay, we'll work through this. This is going to impact every contract you have. And there were times in my life <laughs> where I had literally like over 100 contracts. And it's mind-blowing to think that I got to call every contractor. Yeah. It's just not practical. Yeah. So you're looking for ways to scale it. Despite the fact that very specific guidance is required required, needed, and helpful here because every contract is different, right? So probably, like you said, what you're going to see first are some blanket pronouncements that have to be figured out individually later. Yeah, because later I'll have time to do it. Right now, the contractor needs to know, do I show up or not? (laughs) Give me the binary answer. Right. Which leads us to why industry cares. The contractor needs to know. As a result of the pandemic or, or any of these causes, your contract could be terminated through no fault of your own. You, you might not be able to deliver and the government might terminate your contract for default or convenience. They have the right to do that. Like you said, what happens to your service contract if performance is on a government site and the government closes down that site because... That's a large gathering of people. They want to limit the spread of a virus. What happens, just like government folks, what happens if your people can't travel to a work site because of airline restrictions or international travel restrictions or even train restrictions? It's important for industry folks to recognize that there may not be a local impact right now, 
but your work might be performed. You might be supporting mission or you might be delivering somewhere else. You need to be aware and ask questions before you get your people or your company into a situation that, that makes things worse or leads to your, the termination of your contract, right? You don't want to get anyone sick and you don't want to lose more business than you're already going to because of this. We've tried to avoid being specific here, even though very specific guidance is needed for most contracts because every contract dif is different. Every situation is different. What we really need, and this is the part of the podcast that might sound familiar, is more communication or it, it, at least as much as there was before. Let's, let's, let's assume that there was communication before uh, between government and industry. Now is an opportunity to, if, and I'll go back to, you know, put on my contracting officer hat. If I'm at a point where I need to make blanket decisions in the short term, tell your contractors that. Tell them that I need to make a couple of key decisions. Here, we're, we're shutting down the base for a week. As it stands right now, expect that, that we will find a way to pay you for that week given some clause in the contract. Poof, that gives you a week to think through, okay, how are we going to deal with this one that only works Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and this one that has this particular facility issue. There's a lot of, of, of small items, but understand that, that if you don't communicate that that's what you're doing, because I never did. The number of times that, again, I have a pandemic, but we had things that applied to, to multiple contracts. I'm taking a minute to say, okay, what are the big rocks I can move first? Tell industry you're moving the big rocks first, because they're probably going to understand, okay, well, my contract for your agency isn't a big rock. That's why you're not replying to my email. But if you're just not replying to their email and they're a small business and never done this before and this happens to be their first contract, they are freaking out because they think that, you know, they've somehow defaulted already and they just don't know. And so yeah. I say, you know, communicate as much as you can. I would bet a lot of money that no contract is written to deal with this specific situation. There might be words in there about uh, emergency staffing plans in the case of a pandemic, but every contract is probably going to require some type of, let's see how all of this applies to the scope of this contract at this particular time during performance. It's inevitable that you have to get specific. You raise a great point that ties to mine is that this is the big rock for us. We're putting out this episode now because we just want to address the general issues. We may do future episodes that are more specific to a couple of clauses that may apply in certain circumstances. But yeah, this is, we're putting out the big rock first. There you go. Big rocks. The clauses in the contract are, are sort of those big rocks, right, for, for your contract. They give this general guidance of here's what happens. Here's the government's rights to terminate. There's a changes clause that says you can agree to make changes or the government can unilaterally direct changes. Hey, your delivery schedule is now two months from now, not this month. The government is issuing guidance from, from the top down, and that guidance gets interpreted differently across different agencies and organizations and people and then pass down to industry government folks please share that official guidance and to the best of your ability share your specific interpretation and like you said kevin it might be specific interpretation of that guidance across all my contracts today eventually it's going to need to be specific interpretation for contracts that are are hugely affected by this situation. Industry folks, if you don't understand how it impacts you or what you should do, ask questions. Understand that the government folks are going to be overwhelmed with questions and changes and all that, but don't be afraid to ask questions. Should I do this? Should I travel? I don't understand. 
how this impacts me. An example of how this could play out is things like letter contracts. Like you said before, we have to get specific later. Well, a letter contract, which we covered in episode 46, the letter contract basically says, go do this. It needs to get done right now. And I've done them inside contracts. Here's a change we're making right now. We'll work out the details later. Just don't spend more than this amount of money. You may see more of those. And to your point, there are details that we will hammer out. But given the circumstances, we may not be able to hammer out all the details right now. So here's my prediction. I think the number of letter contracts, which are undefinitized contract actions in FAR Part 17, I think they're going to increase yeah. over the next couple of months. And the work that it takes to, to definitize them. Definitize is the word, yeah. Yes, that's all going to be happening like the summer and the fall. That's where the heavy lifting is going to come from. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's a way to address the immediate and then get the details hammered out later. All right, we covered a lot of different concepts in this podcast. Big picture and back to the human side. Please be safe. Follow all practical precautions that you can to avoid infection or spreading infection. Don't panic. Try to be rational, reasonable here. I know it can be difficult, especially at times like this. Try to do what's right for your family, your employees, your coworkers, your contract, your country, the world. It's a pretty big picture. This is this is an unprecedented situation. Yeah, this is this is a unique situation that that will be evolving and how it plays out in contracts is going to be as unique as how it plays out everywhere else. So we we will do updates as we can, I guess. Without a doubt though, it's going to cause a lot more contract work. If you're anywhere in GovCon, you're going to feel a workload impact because of this. All right, Kevin. Let's wrap it up there. I'll talk to you soon. All right. I'll see you, Paul. Okay, that's it for today's episode. If you like this podcast and want to get deeper insight and hands-on guidance in the GovCon world, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, running, or growing a business in the GovCon world. We speak GovCon. Whether you're new to GovCon, just won your first contract, or you're already a successful government contractor, being a Skyway community member gives you the edge. To learn more, call us at 877-884-5280 or check us out at skywaymember.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.